0: wanted. I've been waiting 23 years to say that. Now I'm just going to be thinking of, but they gotta pay. They got <laughs> <laughs> Oh, now you're making me want to watch Family Guy and I haven't want to, wanted to watch Family Guy in forever in a day. Oh, I still
1: don't want to watch Family Guy. That's why I just find compilations of the funny of just like funny bits. Like anything that's like Quagmire or Herbert or they do uh they do like someone puts up like compilations of like dirty jokes Mm -hmm. uh, and you're just and so and or like dark jokes and stuff like that and then you realize how wrong like i never realized how much of it till watching it like how many they make like inappropriate like like peter hitting on small like on little girls and stuff like that
0: like ew it, it's real and i'm just like oh uh, wow anywho this is not a family guy podcast this is the fbi's most unwanted i'm matt i'm justin and yeah that was our little foray into other things that had to do with not what we're talking about, because today what we're talking about is we're moving on to season two. We've gotten out of season one, we're over the first season slump, and we are on to... I was actually looking at the uh, list of the episodes coming up this season going, Oh, that one's really good! Oh, that one's really good! Oh, that one's really good! <laughs> well, there was only a couple, I was like, we're gonna have to sit through that one again, <laughs> but for the most part i was like all right now we've got a string of winners coming up
1: sweet yeah and this first one like i i told you like i had to watch it a second time because i Mm -hmm. uh just because of when i watched it fell asleep um but this one is kind of a little slow but a lot of information that's really important
0: yeah, slow burn episode that kind of builds up to uh, basically setting up, yeah, basically kind of setting up the, the temporary status quo after the X-Files got shut down at the end of last season. Just kind of showing us a little bit where we are in the world. But, okay, so yeah, season two, episode one, Little Green Men. Written by Glenn Morgan and James Wong. Hey, I said it right this time. <laughs> and directed by our favorite, David Nutter. <laughs>
1: hey, we, I feel like we just need to have him on the show. And he's like, oh, could... and we're, like oh, wow, we're huge fans of uh, X-Files.
0: Just... <laughs> if he actually listened to our show ahead of time, he would say... No, you guys <laughs> laugh at my name every. Day. <laughs> we're not doing it on purpose. We're doing it kind of tongue in cheek, kind of but, but we're it, also any- immature. It, anyway. But we're also immature. That's exactly it as well. So and this one originally aired September 16th, 1994. And since we're getting right in with the kind of slow burn, we get a cold open that's just a shot of the night sky and uh, Mulder gives like a little monologue about belief and then he talks about the launch of Voyager 1 and Voyager 2. And then we get like this whole kind of montage of different things that are contained on the golden records that they put on Voyager 1 and 2. Uh, Of course, if you're familiar with the Voyager space program, the golden records were put there when Voyager was shot into deep space specifically for the purpose of if there is alien life and they find this probe, uh, these records contain information about Earth. Um, which actually got me thinking about a question for you. Were you like a space kid when you were young? Were you like really super interested in space when you were a kid or cause that, some kids are space kids. I wasn't and...
1: too big. Uh, like I was more interested in like the sci-fi area. Okay. Uh, like space was cool and all, but I was way mm-hmm. more into like, I remember distinctly like huge until like mythology mm-hmm. versus space. I was way more into gotcha. like Greek mythology mm-hmm. and stuff like that at the time. And space was kind okay. of like, okay, that's right there. I'll walk, look at that at some yep. point.
0: Cause I was kind of a space kid and kind of an alien kid. Um, like I loved UFO and alien stories when I was a kid, which is probably why I ended up liking the X Files so much later on. But I think like, that's
1: why I kind of didn't wasn't too big on the X Files like big like early on was I was way more into like like uh what was it like Kevin Sorbo's like Hercules mm-hmm. or like Power okay. Like Power Rangers was probably the closest. Gotcha.
0: So, like, the, the all the stuff he was talking about with Voyagers 1 and 2 was, like, a bunch of stuff I already knew at the beginning of the episode. And I just didn't know if, like, like, I guess everybody just kind of from the zeitgeist has an idea that there are two probes out in space that contain information about Earth just in case they get intercepted by aliens. But I didn't know, like, how much everybody knew about what was on it. That uh, I knew vaguely about it. Okay, cool. So then Mulder starts to talk about something else I knew about, how NASA originally did what uh, SETI does now, uh, where they use radio telescopes to try to search for alien signals. And we get a whole bunch of shots of these giant radio dishes until we see the biggest one, which is the biggest radio telescope in the world. It's in uh, Arecibo, ionospheric observatory in Arecibo, Puerto Rico and um, Mulder explains that uh, originally of course this was a government program and then the only a year after this program was started the government was like no we're not funding this anymore. And abandon the project. And we get a shot inside of the observatory. It's all dark and all the machines are off. And they're all kind of like covered in dust cover plastic. And Mulder says, you know, I wanted to believe. But the tools were taken away. The X-Files got shut down. And they closed our eyes. And they silenced our voices. And, you know, they made our ears deaf to the realms of extreme possibilities. But then the machines... Switch on by themselves, and they begin receiving a signal. And the machine, you know, the printer starts to print old school <laughs> dot matrix. The dot matrix, matrix. <laughs> starts printing off the. I love watching this old show, seeing all the old stuff they used. Uh, printing off the the data about the signal, and another machine switches on, and a. Real to real tape recorder (laughs) comes on and begins recording the signal. And what the signal is, is a playback of the material contained on the golden record that is on Voyager. And then the opening credits come on. And then we go to the Long Street Motel in Washington, D.C., where Mulder is trapped in a janitor's closet. On, like, this wiretap monitoring duty, just you know, eating up surrounded by a pile of sunflower seeds. He's see, been there the, so long.
1: Here's the thing because I remember back during like near the beginning of season one where he was like sort of eating sunflower seeds and mm-hmm. stuff. And you're like, and, and you were just like, that's what he eats, like, that's what he's always, and I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. And like throughout the season, I would see maybe here or there but nothing like super Mm. this is like the first time I was like oh okay now I understand that yep that (laughs) that whole little bit
0: uh uh-huh and uh I do I made a note here I liked how the guy that Mulder is listening to on the wiretap is like oh yeah and I was at this strip club and this girl comes out and she's dancing to that offspring song come out and play (laughs)
1: It's like, not a good song to strip to. I'm just nope. going to put that out there. And wasn't and there like a just, weird like Wednesday joke or whatever?
0: Something, yeah. Something and It was
1: just, about like a day of the week, and they're like, but I thought you went last night. I'm like, no, Wednesday was her name. I'm just like, oh my god. <laughs> yep. And I'm also thinking to myself, oh, I
0: miss strippers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and clearly, uh, Mulder is bored to tears on this job. Like, he's just miserable looking. And then we cut to Scully, she's at Quantico, and she's teaching new students how to do an autopsy. And she's about to cut into the cranium of this dead dude, and she like kind of pauses, and a student's like, are you okay, Agent Scully? Is something wrong? And she gives this little speech about how, you know, everything this man ever thought and felt and everything he ever loved is somehow contained in this little hunk of tissue and fluid. And the same student is like, Are you okay? You sounded a little spooky. And Scully gets this look on her face because, you know, spooky Mulder. <laughs> spooky Scully. Um, yeah, now she's apparently spooky Scully. And then uh, at FBI headquarters, he Mulder is like storming down the hallway. He's all forlorn. And Scully comes in and she sees him and she kind of smiles and she goes over to him and she's like, good afternoon, Agent Mulder. And he just doesn't say anything. He storms right past her and keeps going. And she's man, kind of like, man, he part? really just all he was
1: missing was like a was like headphones and a Walkman. Just playing some of the saddest, like, like emo music they had. Just
0: the cure on loop over his yeah. <laughs> oh, And So Mulder, he goes to his new desk up on the real work floor, not in the basement. And he finds a photo frame on his desk, and it's face down, and he lifts it up, and there's a blank sticky note over the face of the person in the picture, and he takes the sticky note off, and course it's samantha because that's really the person muller cares about most in the world and and then we go to the watergate hotel and office complex (laughs) (laughs) and i don't know about you well i i got a joke from futurama stuck in my head after this because uh remember in futurama when they have to break into the Watergate to get uh, Bender's body back. And so yeah. they're walking up the outside of the building and they're like halfway up the building and Bender sees some people in a room hey! together. Hey, oh, get a room. We're in a We're room. We're in a room. We'll lose some, some weight. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I
0: thought of that and I just started. That's one of my favorite. It's such a random, stupid joke from Futurama, but it's still. Get a room, you two! We're in a room! Oh, well, then lose some <laughs> weight! <sighs> and so, inside the water gates, Scully's in the parking garage, and it's dark, and it's nighttime, and she's pacing back and forth, and a door opens, and a man comes in, and Scully gets all kinds of tense and Mulder says something that blew my mind. Cause again, just thinking back to the nineties, Mulder says $4 for the purse, per- uh, $4 for the first hour of parking is criminal. What you've got better be worth at least 45 minutes. And I'm like, Oh my God, $4 for an hour of parking. Can you, imagine? Can you imagine? Like, what does it cost for an hour of parking in Los Angeles? 50 bucks. Roughly. Yeah. It's like $3 every 10 minutes It's so crazy So And Scully's like You know Mulder From from back there in the dark You kind of looked like him And Mulder's like him And she's like you know deep throat And Mulder's like Mulder's like uh, Mulder's like he's dead I attended his funeral at Arlington Through high powered binoculars From a thousand yards away (laughs) <sighs> so uh we find out that you know Scully was the one who turned the picture frame down on his desk. That's their signal to have a secret meeting. And Mulder's like, "Okay, well, I'm here. What'd you find?" And she's like, "I didn't find anything. I just wanted to talk to you." And Mulder's like, "No, ah, we no. They're watching us. They're dangerous. Like they're we can't always just... here."
1: She's like, going through her whole like, "I bat, doubled back. I went back and mm-hmm. did all that. They're never following us, Mulder." They're never following <laughs> us.
0: Right. He's like so she's like she's like, "Look, they're never following us. The X-files are gone. Like they really probably don't care about us anymore." And Mulder's like, "Well, then why'd you even bother to do the secret meeting?" And she's like, "Because it's the only way you'd come talk to me." <laughs> and I was like, "Out. Talk about needy." <laughs> I guess <laughs> yeah. so. And Mulder, he's just like, "What do you want?" <laughs> God, let me go back to my room and smoke my cigarettes
1: and listen to Morrissey.
0: I want to go go back to my room. God, he's such conformist. And she's like, I just want to know you're okay. Like, you walked right by me today, like, within a foot of my face, but you were, uh, like, a million miles away. And Mulder's like, they have me on wire surveillance. It's, like, the most boring white bread job in the world. And Scully's like, fine. Well... Great, you're frustrated, but, like, you said you would go on forever as long as the truth was out there, and now I just don't think you will. And Mulder gets this, like, real broken look on his face, and then all of a sudden is like, you ever been to San Diego? (laughs) And I'm like, okay, and Scully's like, yeah, and he's like, did you go to the observatory while you were there? And she's like, no. And he's like, well, until a few years ago, they had the biggest telescope in the world, and the designer was George Ellery Hale. Well, actually, he claims that the idea idea and the design was given to him one night while he was out playing pool when an elf came in his window and told him to build a telescope. And Scully's like, so you're worried your entire life you've just been seeing elves? And... Mulder leans against the wall and he he gives this heavy sigh and he kind of slides down to the wall to the floor and he just says, in my case, little green men, which, you know, title of the episode. And oh, he said it. He said it. Take a drink. Yeah. And uh, Scully's like. Well, come on. During your time in the X-Files, you saw all kinds of stuff and Mulder's like, "That's it, though. Like seeing isn't enough. By now I should have like something I can hold, some solid evi- evidence that I can produce." And I learned that from you. And Scully's like, "Well, you held on to Samantha's abduction." And Mulder's like, "I'm honestly, I'm beginning to wonder if that even happened." And actually, they, they kind of wrote this episode on purpose because they wanted to put Mulder in the position of being the one questioning his own beliefs for a change instead of having Scully um, be the one always questioning his beliefs. Which so makes sense. That's, yeah. Um, so they, that's where, this is where we start to see, like, he's at the point where he's like, now I'm even beginning to wonder if like this thing I've believed my whole life that my sister was taken by aliens. If that was even real, maybe she just disappeared. Um, and Scully just gets this look on her face and she's like, Mulder, even if George Hale saw elves in his mind, he still built the telescope. Like don't give up. And she says the next time we're going to meet out in the open and she walks away and Mulder just sits there and he stares at a sign, uh, you know, that has the Watergate hotels name on it. And he flashes back to November
1: 27th, 1973. This this bit, I'm like, I've like, it really stuck with me because it's, it kind of sucks. Uh, it's a
0: little. Uh, it's not the best. Uh, it is the first time we see Samantha's abduction, but it's not the best time we see Samantha's well, abduction. Well, not
1: only that, but like the ki- like I've talked about before on our other podcasts, and I don't think I've really talked about it on here. Not I'm yet. Very no. stingy when it comes to children actors. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And man, I was just like, wow, these kids suck. <laughs>
0: yeah, luckily they weren't in it super long. But we also do find out that Mulder's a Massachusetts boy. He grew up in Chilmark, Massachusetts. And so him and Samantha, they're there. They're playing Stratego. And they begin fighting over what to watch on TV. And like you said, it's kind of hard to watch because... Like, they're not yeah, very good.
1: Like, yeah, cuz it's like, oh, what are we going to watch? Like, I mean, at least the kid they got to be Mulder was kind of spot on. Mm-hmm. And, and, but like, like she like changes the channel, then he changes it back, and then she just randomly with like a half smirk screams in his <gasps> face when there's no one else around. <laughs>
0: i know because they're there alone their parents are like out for the night yeah
1: and... and so it's like a like
0: it's just like a random scream and then they're like okay we'll go back to it <laughs> yep and then the lights go out and the house begins to rattle and there's strange uh, red and blue and green and whatever lights flashing outside the window and the front door bursts open and there's a Bright, light, uh, bright white light and uh, this is actually the first time in the series we see an extraterrestrial because we see its um, silhouette in the door and that's when Samantha screams and uh, Mulder turns back around and she's floating in the air and is sucked right out the window by the classic uh, alien beam of light and she's gone. And then we cut to Mulder. He sits bolt upright on his couch. He's been having a nightmare. And when he gets off his couch to go to the window and, like, kind of open his blinds or whatever, I guess just trying to recover from his nightmare, his own front door bursts open. <laughs> and there's a man there who didn't even bother to knock.
1: Yeah, no, it's just <laughs> he's,
0: hanging out. And he's just like, we're going to the hill. <laughs> king of the hill (laughs) and so uh they go to the capitol hill obviously uh, to the capitol building and Mulder's brought into an office where we meet a character named senator richard matheson who was actually purposefully named after author richard matheson who wrote um uh shit what is the name of that i was gonna say the haunting of hill house but that's shirley jackson shit Uh, hell house I think hell house I think and he uh and he also wrote a bunch of episodes of the twilight zone I guess is why they picked his name because the x-files is a little bit twilight zone inspired um and this actor looks super familiar too but I can't remember what else I've seen him in hang on uh the guy that plays Richard Matheson Raymond J. Barry is his name he's a a character actor he's another one of uh a that guy actor where, like, you see him and you recognize him. Uh, let's see. What would people most know him from? Boy, I'm not seeing any. Uh, he was in Flubber. Ugh.
1: Flubber.
0: Uh, I'm looking at his. He was in the Purge election year. Uh, oh, here's you're, his TV. you
1: You were right about the author. Like, I just looked up the author. He wrote I Am Legend, Hell House.
0: Okay, I Am Legend. That was the one I couldn't come what up with. What Dreams May Come, The yep. Shrinking Man, Stir of Echoes. Okay, so a lot of stuff people have either read or seen the movies based on. So anyway, Mulder comes in and he has a seat. And Senator Matheson and he are kind of talking about the piece of music that Senator uh, so Matheson was is playing. It's Yep. It's uh, the Brandenburg Concerto No. 2 by Bach, which was the first Nerds. piece of music. <laughs> Nerds. They, uh, it's the first piece of music they picked to go on the Voyager Golden Record. And we actually heard it earlier in the episode when uh, the tape, Player was picking up the signal being sent to the radio telescope and Matheson is like you know this is a, a beautiful song and it's on the record and I, I'm glad that if this was intercepted by another race they would hear this music because they would probably think oh what a beautiful piece of music what a beautiful place earth must be blah 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 And Mulder kind of pinches the bridge of his nose and says, I'm so sorry I let you down. And we learn that uh, a lot of the reason Mulder was even allowed to have the X-Files in the first place was because this guy like pushed for it to stay open. Um, And Mulder says to him, you know, when we were shut down, I swear we were close. Uh, I don't know what we were close to, but we were close. And Matheson starts to write something on a piece of paper and then says, Mulder, you know, real false like is like, Mulder, do you like Bach? And he hands Mulder the piece of paper and it says, you know, they may be listening. And Mulder's like, yeah, I I actually I really do love Bach. And Matheson's like, great, then let's hear it again. And he (laughs) turns the same piece of music back on real loud. And he's kind of like, come over here. He kind of pulls Mulder into the corner and he's like, look, there's the, the you got to go to the big radio telescope in Puerto Rico. There's something's going on there. I can buy you about 24 hours, but then the blue beret UFO retrieval team, uh, blue beret, by the way, in case anybody was wondering is uh, part of the air it's air force special services or air force military police. I looked it up. I can't, it was either special forces within the, it's something to do with the air force. Anyway. He's like, I can buy you like 24 hours and the Blue Beret UFO retrieval team is going to come in and they they are authorized to use lethal force. And Mulder's like, what am I looking for? And Matheson hands him a printout of the signal and he says, contact. So then we go back to FBI headquarters and we're in Skinner's office and he's listening to a recording of an interview he had with Scully where he's like, You know, Mulder didn't come to work today. Do you know where he is? When did you see him? And blah, blah, blah. And there's the smoking man. (sighs) And the smoking man shuts off the recording. And Skinner's like, look, she doesn't know where he is. And the smoking man's like, how do you know? And Skinner's like, because if she did know, she wouldn't be so worried about him. And this is the point, the smoking man, he goes to get another cigarette and his carton's empty. And he looks at Skinner like he's going to bum a smoke and Skinner just gives him this disgusted look. And he's like, I don't smoke. smoke. And, And so the smoking man is like, well, she'll find him. And then we cut to Mulder. He's riding in the back of a truck. He's in Puerto Rico and... Uh, he gets to the observatory, but he can't go through the gate, so he has to go on a hiking trip, and he goes on his little hiking trip, and he reaches the observatory, and he has a tape recorder, and he's like, you know, I'm, I'm here at the building. I don't see any signs that anyone is here. Uh, the control room is locked down tight with chains, and he pulls out some bolt cutters, and he breaks in, and inside the little abandoned room, he keeps recording, and he's, you know, he's just saying what he sees. No power to the lights but there's power to all these computers they're all on and uh everything's kind of covered in dust so I don't think there's been anybody here in quite a while but the tape recorder is still running so uh we cut to Scully and she's in Mulder's apartment and (laughs) Mulder has a answering uh something on his answering machine from a woman who's like well after you (laughs) pestered me to go to lunch with you you didn't even bother to show up what a pig you are (laughs) (sighs) and uh you know she's trying to figure out where he is scully is and she gets on his computer and uh, finds she doesn't know what it is but she finds the signal on mulder's computer and she starts printing it out but just as she's printing it out Uh, It drops to the floor because two other agents come in and they startle her. And they're like, "Uh, what are you doing here, Agent Scully? And she's like, what are you doing here? And they're like, "Uh, Agent Mulder's apartment is under surveillance? Like, you're not supposed to be here? And she's like, well... uh, I gotta uh, feed his fish. Yep, she's like, I heard Mulder was gone and... Uh, when he's gone I come and I feed his fish so uh, she goes over to feed the fish and she sees one of the agents bend over and pick up the printout that she was printing off the floor so she is kind of like oh shit what am I gonna do and the agent that picked it up off the floor hands it to the other agent he's like what the hell is this he's like Uh, I don't know. Looks like some sort of like printer test, and he crumples it up and he throws it in the trash can. So Scully, this is pretty (laughs) sneaky. I liked that she accident, quote unquote, accidentally spills fish food everywhere, and she's like, "Ah, damn!" And she turns around to grab uh something out of the trash to swipe the fish food into. And the agent is like, come on, come on, hurry up. Just dump all the food in the tank. And she's like, that'd be bad for the fish. Hang on a second. So she grabs the crumpled up printout out of the trash. And she swipes the fish food off the shelf into the printout. And when she turns around, she bends over, kind of like, looks at the agents and they're not paying a lot of attention to her. So she dumps the fish food in the trash and stuffs the printout in the sleeve of her jacket and then leaves. <laughs> so she's pretty good at that. And then we go back to Puerto Rico and Mulder, he's getting ready to play the, the tape back, but it's Puerto Rico and it's wicked hot and he's out of water from his water bottle. So he goes to the bathroom to see if he can fill up his water bottle in the sink and he opens the door, and there's a dude in there. <laughs> and he's like, "Whoa!" And this dude is like terrified. He's like, bah. "He's like screaming and babbling on in Spanish." And Mulder's like, "Whoa, whoa, hang on, whoa! I don't speak English. What are you talking about? Don't speak Spanish." Yes. <laughs> or yeah, I, I don't speaking. I don't speak Spanish. <laughs> and, do you? That's what I mean. I don't speak Spanish. Do you speak English? And the guy's like, no, you know. And Mulder's like, okay, okay. Well, uh, nombre, nombre, ¿cuál es su nombre? Which you know, Mulder only speaks a little, teeny bit of Spanish. And the guy's like, you know, I'm Jorge, and I, I saw in, I only know, I only know this because I speak a teeny tiny bit of Spanish. The man like starts saying, I saw lights. I I, I saw lights in the sky. They were blue and red. And he says a whole bunch more stuff that I don't understand because I don't speak enough Spanish. And Mulder doesn't speak any Spanish either. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And so Jorge grabs a marker out of Mulder's pocket and draws an alien face on the wall. And Mulder's like, oh so uh back in dc scully has taken the print out to someone at the naval observatory and he's like oh this looks like the wow signal and then he goes on to explain oh, wow. what the...
1: the wow signals
0: yep it is if for anybody that i mean if you're watching this episode you know if you've watched this episode you now know what the wow signal is it's just they were at a radio telescope and they got a signal for like 30 seconds that seemed like maybe it was artificially created, but it came from space and they circled it and they wrote, wow, on the printout. That's, that's why it's called the wow signal. And so she's like, okay, well, do you know where this came from? Like what radio telescope did this come from? He's like, I don't know. There's all these radio telescopes and there's nothing on this paperwork that tell me which one it came from. And so Scully starts going through paperwork And uh, its passenger manifests trying to find every single person that left Washington, D.C. and where they were going. And she finds uh, that there was a passenger named George E. Hale, which, of course, she recognizes is Mulder because of the story he told earlier and all i could think in this moment was remember when you could just get on a plane without like a hundred types like he could just go my name is georgie hale and he didn't even need to present a passport yeah back back in the day when then no one cared about that shit nikes that's just uh the things that just went on back in the 90s and now we don't even get to, what in the heck is going on? There we go. I was like, I can't see my notes anymore. What happened? Um, so it's like, okay, we go back to Puerto Rico and Mulder's doing some stuff. And there's a big storm going outside. We can hear it. And Mulder is like, okay, well, uh, when this signal first got recorded, it came from outside lunar orbit. So it came from further away than the moon. Uh, but only four hours later, it came from really close, like only a few miles away. And then Jorge accidentally starts the recording of the signal and he freaks out and he's like, we need to leave. And Mulder's like, no, we can't leave. We can't be afraid. And, uh, he goes to turn the tape off. And when he turns around, Jorge has run out into the storm. So Mulder runs out after him and he finds him uh, dead against a tree doing like the ah, with yeah. his arms held out in front of him and his face. Like he was screaming. Um, so then uh, at the same time, Scully is in Miami. She's at the airport. She's on her way to find Mulder. Uh, but she realizes she's being tailed by this man and this woman that are like disguised as a couple on vacation. And they see her, Seeing them, and they kind of do like that quick whoo 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 whoo, where they turn around and look like they're looking at something, and she kind of gives them the slip, and goes to the payphone, and she calls Muller's apartment, and she leaves a message on his answering machine that sounds like code, uh, because she knows somebody is there listening, and there is somebody there listening. They're copying down what she's saying, and then she gets off the phone, and she watches the people tailing her. And uh, she realizes they're still watching her. So she picks the phone up again and pretends like she's making another phone call. But she gets that old-fashioned, at the tone, the time will be beep, you know, whatever. And finally, she realizes that the people tailing her, they got a message in their earpiece. Uh, They jump up and they run off. And when they do that, she gives them the slip. She drops the payphone and she runs away. And when they realize she's not at the payphone, the man is like, don't worry. We know where she's going because apparently what she left on Mulder's machine was a flight number to St. Croix. And meanwhile, Scully goes to Puerto Rico where she was going anyway. (laughs) Clever girl. Yep. And then back at the observatory, Mulder has, uh, hauled Jorge's corpse back into the building and put it on the table. And, uh, he's like, all right, uh, you know, he's on his recorder. He's like, okay, so i got to take, uh, there's no lightning strike evidence, you know, no burned hair or anything. Uh, also there's no puncture wounds, which would maybe indicate alien abduction, I think this man was literally just scared to death, and I'm like, "That's pretty lame." That's a shitty um,
1: way to die.
0: Yeah, uh, but we also learn that he's recording this for Scully's benefit. He says, "You know, he keeps." He says, "You know, Scully, like I'm doing this because I learned all this stuff from you," and blah, you know, whatever he says, and uh, he's like, "I can't believe that once again I'm here and." It seems like there's a lot of evidence, but really there's no evidence at all because whatever I'm looking at, it could be like a military transmission, Uh, like is it really possible that aliens found Voyager or is this all some kind of weird joke, like somebody that wanted to believe it was from Voyager sent me here. But, you know, Deep Throat said, trust no one, but it's really hard to trust no one. It's really hard to suspect everyone all the time. And you even begin to doubt, you know, yourself. And once upon a time, I could only trust myself, Scully, but now I've, now I can only trust you and they've taken you away from me. And my, in the entire point of my life until now has been needing to see my sister again and to see the aliens again. But I, uh, now I'm starting to wonder if I, what would I do if they really came, which is a valid question. Like, <laughs> okay. So they come to visit you. Then what? <laughs> like, I mean, it's the
1: question we ask ourselves every day. It's just like, so it an alien shows up at your place. What do you do? Well,
0: yeah, exactly. Like it, it, he, It's kind of true. Like, then you start to think about, okay, Mulder, so one of them, like, beams right down in front of you. If you're alone, if you see it, if you know for yourself it's true, if it goes away and doesn't leave any kind, you still can't prove it to anybody that it was there. So... eh. At this moment, he actually gets his wish because the whole observatory begins to shake and the machines start going crazy and the room fills with, like, the flashing lights and everything and the printer starts going crazy. Everything's going crazy and the tape machine starts to play, like, this whole, you know, really slow down. Yep. And Mulder is like huh, that sounds kind of like... And he, you know, winds his own recording back and he plays it at the part where it says, Deep Throat said, trust no one. And the machine goes, trust no one. And the door like bursts open and Mulder's like, no! And he runs over and he slams it shut and he locks. It. And this is all starting to get very um, close encounters of the third kind at this point because he barricades the door, he like... Throws a machine in front of it and the rattling goes on and then stops. And then Mulder goes to like kind of look out the window. And then all of a sudden, and a big white light comes in and he falls over. And the door unlocks all on its own and flies open. And Mulder grabs a gun, but it's jammed or empty or oh, whatever it's, it is.
1: It's, it's, it's still, it works fine. It's just not working because it's full of bullets. And it keeps hitting it, but it's not jammed. It's just not.
0: It just doesn't do anything. Yeah. And the door opens and the blinding white light flashes and an alien is there in the doorway. And then the screen goes completely white and uh, it becomes Scully shining a flashlight into Mulder's face. And he wakes up and he sees it's her. And she's like, oh, I thought you were dead. And Mulder's like, they came, Scully, the, the the aliens, they were here, the ones that took her. And she's like, here? And she looks around the room, or she goes, and then she goes, or here, and she touches him on the head. And he goes, No, no, they were they were here in the room. There's evidence on the tape. There's there's proof and there's the all these the printout of these transmissions. And he starts running around the room, basically like Scrooge on Christmas morning, like all excited. And uh, he's like, oh, oh, and, and, and th- also there's the body. And he flips a table over <laughs> and <laughs> his body. A, it's just the most nonchalant, like, here's a body here. He's like, hey, we we got to take him. We can examine him. There'll be more proof that there were aliens right here with his body. And, you know, he's all excited. And all of a sudden there's a loud noise. And Scully's like, uh, are they back? Is this them? And Muller's like, no, no, that's not them and he runs outside and he looks through the binoculars and the blue berets are coming and he runs in and he's like, Oh God, they're coming. They're, they're, they're going to kill us. We got to help me grab the body. And Scully's like, no. And he's like, no, what do you mean? No. And she's like, number one, we don't have time. And he's like, we have to, she's like, you're not even going to get a dead body out of the country. Mulder." And so he's like, fine. And he starts, like, figuring out what maybe he can grab. And finally he grabs the tape. And they run outside and they hop in their Jeep and they drive off. Oh, man. And this, whole, chase... this
1: whole chasing was just kind of funny.
0: Yeah, but some pretty good stunt driving in there with the um, guy, like, driving it down all those, like, grassy hills and stuff like that. What was what, really funny, though, was, like, there's mm-hmm. definitely –
1: it was definitely two different styles because – Every time it was Mulder and Scully in the truck, it's, like, very panicked going down oh, the yeah. hills and stuff. But then the Blue Berets, it just looks like regular shot footage where you're not even speeding. They're just driving along.
0: Yeah, I know. Like, like, well, whatever. <laughs> yep. Um, and so, of course, they get away. And then we go back to D.C. and we're in Skinner's office and he's chewing Mulder out and... He's like, you abandon your post, like we, all the, and of course the smoking man is there, and Skinner's like, you abandon your post, like w- there was months of work, and it's all gone, like you just, ah, uh, we gotta start over again, and Mulder is like, look, I accept that I abandoned my post, and I accept that you have to discipline me, and that's fine, but... I had enough evidence to arrest those men on 40 different charges after three days. (laughs) And remember, Skinner just said he's done months of work. So Mulder is now pointing out how ridiculous his assignment is. He's like, I had enough evidence after three days and you just left me stuck sitting there in that room. I'm surprised you even noticed I was gone. Uh, Oh, and by the way, you tapped my phone, which is illegal without a court order. And when he says you tap my phone, Skinner gets this look on his face and he looks over at the smoking man, like gives him this dirty look. And the smoking man just stubs out his cigarette and he walks over to Mulder and he's like, your time is over and you leave with nothing. And Skinner's like, get out. And the smoking man thinks he's talking to Mulder. Like he stares at Mulder and he just kind of gives him this look and Skinner goes, I said, get the hell out. And the smoking man suddenly realizes, oh, he's talking to me. (laughs) So he picks up his cigarettes, lights one and leaves. And Skinner's like, go back to your assignment. And Mulder's like, so you want me to make those arrests now? And Skinner's like, "Mm -hmm." No, no, I think we need more. I think we need more evidence. Just keep doing what you're doing. And Mulder gets the picture. He's stuck in the closet for a reason. So he leaves. And back in the janitor's closet at the hotel, Mulder and Scully, they're there listening to the tape Mulder took from Puerto Rico. But there's nothing on it. And Scully's like, you know, sometimes uh, an electrical storm can cause a surge and it can erase a tape and I'm sorry Mulder you still have nothing and Mulder's like well I don't have the X-Files Scully but I still have my work and I still have you and I still have myself and so he turns back on his wiretap, and it's those same two guys, and they're still talking about strippers. It, like, doesn't miss
1: a beat, because then it's like, <laughs> yeah, I just, you just sat on my lap. And it's like another, What's the difference like, between a joke? lap
0: dance and a table yeah. dance? Well, on a lap dance, she's all up and over you. On the table dance, she just stands on the table. You know? Next
1: thing I know, I just have 41 inches <laughs> across the table.
0: And so Scully, she gets up and leaves. And the episode just ends Mulder just sitting there stuck on wiretap duty. And that's Little Green Men. (sighs) So, thoughts, letter grade, that kind of thing? Uh, Things you're looking forward to?
1: (laughs) I'm very excited to see where this season goes. I I like the fact that now we're, like, it started, I did like that it started slow and kind of worked with, all right, Mm -hmm. time to make Mulder really second guess. Like, what is he doing? Yep. Um, honestly, for a slow build, I still really enjoyed it. I give this a solid mm-hmm. A.
0: Yep, I agree. I, I like this one a lot. It's a little bit more um, political thriller than sci-fi thriller. It's got just enough of the sci-fi stuff in it that it's still x files but it's also... A little all the president's men, all little that kind of thing, so yeah, also an A for me, and the episode next week, oh boy, we are gonna hit the ground, we are hitting the ground running with season two. This is an episode I promise I promise you're gonna love, and if you don't, I will eat my hat and end this podcast because <laughs> next week's episode is called the host and it is one of the most classic most iconic episodes of this show ever and that's everybody's homework for next week. Season you heard it, two. people.
1: Tune in next week, so it could be possibly the last episode of Matt <laughs> eats a hat. It
0: could possibly be because if you don't like the host, then there's going to be something going on here because the host is so good. So make sure you check
1: week. out our Instagram next week with Matt might <laughs> eat a hat.
0: <laughs> there might be video of me attempting to eat a hat on our two bg pod Instagram. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Goodbye, everybody. Later. The FBI's Most Unwanted is a production of Two Broke Geeks Entertainment and is part of the Atomic Geekdom Network. Find the flagship Two Broke Geeks podcast wherever you download podcasts or online at twobrokegeeks.com. You can find the Atomic Geekdom Network at atomicgeekdom.com. Our artwork is by Justin Kowalski. You can find him on Twitter at J underscore Rocka. Our theme music is by Tony Longworth. You can find him on Twitter at Tony Longworth or on Facebook, Tony Longworth, Dark Composer. You can help out the podcast by subscribing and leaving us a review. Thanks.